in our series on following Jesus <clears throat> along the lines of Pilgrim's Progress. There are a couple of topics that don't neatly fit into <clears throat> Bunyan's story of the pilgrim, who's called Christian, as they journey through life towards the eternal city. The story of Pilgrim's Progress is helpful in many ways, but it's a story of one person's journey, one individual's journey towards the eternal city, towards eternal life, to going to be with God. And although they get help from some people here and there on their journey, it's essentially about one person. But we are not just called <clears throat> to follow Jesus individually. We're called to follow him together as church, as his people. We're called to support one another, to help one another, to work for the good of each other in the church and for the church to bless those outside the church as well. In our journey together, <clears throat> how would you describe us working together? How would you describe church? How would you think about that? Well, it certainly isn't a showroom of the best and most perfect Christians. The church isn't full of model Christians who never sin, who never have problems, who never need any help. The truth is, we all sin, we all have problems, we all need help. We thank God for the forgiveness that we have in Christ Jesus. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Forgiveness is ours, but we are not perfect yet. There's a bumper sticker <clears throat> I saw many years ago, and I really like it. It was simple. Christians aren't perfect just forgiven well it's more than just forgiven but you get the idea we're not perfect yet we're in the process of being made perfect of being sanctified instead the church it's not a showroom of model Christians the church is more like a hospital where people are being helped people are being healed help to recover from the destructive impact of sin in their lives, from how they have sinned, how we have sinned, how others have sinned and caused devastation in our lives too. Some people think that <clears throat> they can only come to church on Sundays if all is going well, if they're having a good day. If they're not having a good day, they stay at home. But that's not right. Church is here for us to come on our bad days as well, to be helped by others, to be encouraged by others. And you never know. It's often in those days when we're more vulnerable, more aware of our weakness, that the Lord can use us to help others as well. The impression that too many churches give <clears throat> is a sort of middle-class myth that churches for res respectable people where everything is going well in their lives. Firstly, church isn't for middle-class people. It's for everyone. James actually is quite critical of churches who court the well-off and treat them well, but 
don't treat those who are poor very well. Secondly, church <clears throat> is not for respectable people. It's for sinners. Sinners who are forgiven. We're not concerned about respectability in the eyes of others. We're not concerned about looking good, making a good impression. We want to grow in holiness. We want, we're concerned with what God thinks, not other people. Church isn't for people who <clears throat> have got their act together. It's for those who haven't, more so. Church is for people who are willing to do what God says, even if it seems odd or out of step with their neighbours, their family and their friends. And church is not for those who think of themselves as being more righteous than others. There are too many Christians who give the impression that they're self-righteous. Too many churches that give the impression that they are almost perfect. Well, Jesus tackled that <clears throat> when he talked about the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee thought he was great, right with God, doing so many good things. The tax collector, aware of his sin, just asked God for mercy, and he went home justified. Church is not a showroom <clears throat> for the self-righteous. It's more like a hospital to help those who need help. But <clears throat> although the church is there to help transform people, to help us be sanctified, to help support us, church is very different from a hospital <clears throat> in one particular way. Hospitals have doctors and nurses and support staff who care for patients. You go to hospital, you're a patient. <coughs> the professionals help those who are in need. But when you come to church, well, it's a self-help organization. We all help each other. Everyone has a role in helping others as well as being helped themselves. Imagine if you went to a hospital and somebody standing over near the, <clears throat> the reception area with a, a bandage on their head and walking in crutches and they come over to you and say, okay, how can I help you? He says, hold on, sorry, I want a doctor. <laughs> but in church, it's people who are weak. It's people who are in the process of being healed themselves who are those who help others. One week when the person who's in more need might be on the receiving end of help, the next week they might be giving help to others. In the church, the patients are also the doctors and the nurses. We are not only blessed by receiving ministry, we also are there to minister to others. In the church, there's no distinction between doctors and nurses on the one hand and patients on the other. There should be no distinction between clergy and laity in the church. The reformers were very firm on that, that it's an every member ministry. In the church, we have all been given spiritual gifts and we all need to use them for the building up of the church. If there's only a few people using their gifts, 
well, we're understaffed. We've got the availability. We've got people with gifts but not using them. We should all be using them. We grow in Christ not only by the increasing the fruit of the Spirit, how the Spirit works in us and changes us. We are also to grow in Christ by how the Spirit uses us to help change others. It's not about what we can get. The gifts of the Spirit are about what we can give. And when you think about it, it's a wonderful thing that we have gifts of the Spirit. In contrast to many businesses, many organizations, many charities, if you want to help out at a charity, if you want to get a job in a business, well, they look at your CV and think, okay, what can you do to help us? What qualifications, what experience have you got? You're great at business, brilliant. You can work, maybe maybe you can be a trustee of the charity. You're skilled and qualified at catering. Maybe you can take over and manage the, the giving out of meals. If you don't have any skills, though, you don't really have much place in a charity, in a in a business. There's no role for you to help here, sorry. That's what people hear too often. But in the church, God doesn't say, <clears throat> okay, well, this person, you've, you've got great abilities. Let me use you in some way. Well, mm, there's not much I can work with here. Here, you can do something not so significant. That's not how God works. God doesn't look at what we can bring to him. In fact, very often, the things that we might be proud of ourselves naturally, he says, no, I'm not going to use you in that way because you'd only get a bit of a big head about it if I did. Let me give you a gift, a spiritual gift. And let me use you in the way I want to use you. We all come with whatever we have. If we have nothing in our hands to bring, that's okay. God gives us a gift. And he uses us. That is so <clears throat> liberating. That's so... Well, I can't remember what... I can't think of the word. That is such a level playing field. God levels us all out. And he gives us gifts. He gives to each one a gift. And that's primarily how he wants to use us. He doesn't want us to come and with our experience, our qualifications, and for us to get a bit of a big head about how we can be important in the church. He puts that to one side, says, no, let me give you the gift I want to give you. And sometimes it is those who have little or no gifting or abilities or skills in the world who God uses so powerfully in the church. That is so liberating. He chooses what gifts we receive. Well, each of us are gifted and each of us are needed. Our gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit and our gifts are needed for the building up of the church. But why, <clears throat> why are spiritual gifts given? 
Paul tells us why in Ephesians 4. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, teachers, or pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes a whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The teaching, the pastoral, the evangelism gifts which is only what Paul is talking about here in Ephesians 4, are given to build up the church so we won't fall for this new teaching or doctrine and then go for another thing, new fad, one after the other. But we will be rooted and grounded in the truth of God's word, that we will be strong, that we will be healthy. The gifting we have, God gives us various gifts. The Holy Spirit gives us various gifts. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, Do it gladly. There are several passages in the New Testament that list different lists of gifts and the complete list from those various passages which actually might not be an exhaustive list of all the gifts there are but are the main ones anyway are serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, generosity, leadership, mercy ministries, singleness, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracle workers, prophecy, spiritual discernment, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, helping, administration, different kinds of tongues, evangelists and shepherds. The main gifts of teaching and pastoring and evangelizing should be there in every church. Encouragement also. There are certain gifts which ought to be there all the time in every church. But from time to time, God also gives some gifts, but not all the time. Gifts of healing, gifts of being able to speak in different languages, gifts of tongues, to some people, the gift of the tongues of angels, being able to speak in tongues. These are given to some and not others, to, at some times and not others. 
especially during revival, we see the more miraculous gifts and pioneering missionary situations where God wants to authenticate the missionary or the message. We can expect miracles more than at other times. Spiritual gifts are given as the Spirit wills to build up the church as the situation requires. But although we might all look and see different gifts, we have to recognize that they're all from the same Spirit. There is unity. The Spirit works, the one Spirit works in each of us differently. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6 A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. It doesn't matter how qualified we might be at work, how skilled we might be in different areas of life. When it comes to church, each of us has an ability that the Spirit has given to us. We've all received spiritual gifts. And they are all there for the building up of the church to help others. So, let's discover, let's use, and let's develop our gifting. Do you know what spiritual gift you have? Have you thought about it? Have others told you what they think you have? A couple of ways to help discern what spiritual gifting we have is to think, what do we do that we find easy? Especially, what do we do in church that we can do that others find difficult? We don't often realize that the reason we find it easy is because we've been gifted in that area. Maybe if we're not able to see ourselves, which we're often not, the thing to do is to ask others, what do you think I'm gifted at? And sometimes they look at us and say, are you serious? Are you ask me what you're good at? Of course you're good at this. It's obvious to everybody, but it's not necessarily obvious to us. Other people can often see what we are gifted at more quick, more easily than we can. Ask others. If you think you're gifted in certain ways, well, maybe try out serving in those ways. And if you find that it's really much harder than you thought it was going to be, that might be a sign that, well, maybe you're not gifted. Or if others think, well, that person has ambitions in this area, but really it's not working out. Take their feedback as well. But don't set it out. Don't bury your talent in the ground and do nothing with it. Paul tells Timothy in these words, apply to each one of us do not neglect the spiritual gift you received and he says to him later on in another letter that's why I remind you to fan into flames a spiritual gift God has given you let's discern let's investigate let's use the gifting God has given us let's develop it let's see how we can bless others 
by how God has enabled us. Sometimes people want the gifts that are more impressive from a worldly point of view. Sometimes people want to be up at the front preaching to others. One, one old theologian, Dr. Ironside, often spoke of the, the sad situation of many people who felt that they had the gift of preaching. He said, but there wasn't too many people who felt that they had the gift of listening. A lot of people want to be seen to be doing things in the eyes of others. But instead we should want to serve God. And what, what do you want us to do, Father? What do you want us to do, Holy Spirit? How can we be a blessing? And often it's behind the scenes that, that the biggest impact is done. And God sees everything. God sees what other people don't see. God sees those who are faithfully serving him, using their gifting, out of sight, not getting the attention. What should matter to us is that we are serving him. And we should look forward to his commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. Some people think I'm not really that important. There's other people who have better gifts. They won't miss me. Well, the reality is that each of us is needed. You're needed. Each one of us is needed. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, (coughs) Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We are all needed. We might not all have the big impressive gifting that others, that we think others have. But just like in many situations in life, we all need to work together for the church to work as it's intended. If you, if you take a, a car engine, if your mechanic fixing your car says that, well, yeah, I took it apart, I fixed it, but, well, there's a couple of bits left over. I'm sure it'll work without these bits, you know. If you leave out the charging alternator, the battery won't get charged. If you leave out the fan belt, the engine will overheat. If you leave out a starter motor where you can't get a start, if you leave out a cable or a sensor, things just won't work right. Sometimes it's the smallest cog in a mechanism that has the biggest impact. We're all needed. We shouldn't look to see our significance by the impact of what we do might have. We look to see how what we do how it fits into the church as a whole. We do our part and we look to see how the church is functioning, not just looking at ourselves. Paul says, God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity 
This makes for harmony amongst the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. We are gifted to serve each other. It's not about us. It's about the church and how the church is a blessing to those in the church as well as those outside the church. And we shouldn't be thinking about how we feel, but how we can bless others. One pastor once said that he asked his daughter one time, <clears throat> you going to cook breakfast? And she says, I'm not hungry. <coughs> he probed again. Are you going to cook breakfast? So she said again, I'm not hungry. He said again, Are you the only person who lives here? Are you not going to cook breakfast for us? I know you're not hungry, but we are all starving. <laughs> when we use our gifts, it's not about how much of an impact they have on us, but it's about serving God and how much of an impact they have on others. Let's use our gifts to serve others. And in the process, we will be more fulfilled as well. Let's work together to build a church. Let's do so in harmony, in unity. Let's make, let's make the church the best spiritual hospital that there is. Where we're all working together to help the healing and the transformation and the the healing and the, the helping that all people need in the church. Let's work together. Let's do all that we can. God has received us by his grace when we placed our faith in Christ. Let's, out of thanks to him, serve him, and let's, out of thanks to him, it's not repaying him, but it's simply doing our duty before him. We have the privilege of being used. We have the privilege of using the gifts of the Spirit. We have such a wonderful privilege of letting God work through us. Let's do what we can. Let's allow God's grace to work through us for the building up of each other. Let's be built up and encouraged and strengthened by how others use their gifts if we've received God's grace let's serve him in the church let's serve him together and let's do so out of love for him out of gratitude to Christ and let's see how we can make an impact on each other building up the church and an impact in the world by his grace let's pray Lord, we thank you for how you have given us the blessing of grace in justification, being right with God through faith in Christ. We thank you for that fruit of the Spirit, that change of heart that we have within. But we also thank you for the, the gifts of the Spirit that help us to minister to others. Lord, we thank you that you're using the church that it's the most important organization in the world. Lord, help us to play our part. 
Help us to allow you to work through us. Help us to humbly do your will. Help us to help others. And help us, Lord. Help us to experience that powerful work of the Spirit working through us. That we may have joy as we see you work powerfully. As we see you transform lives. As we see the church built up. Thank you for the privilege of including us and using us, each one of us, in different ways for the building up of your church. In Jesus' name, amen.